Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is... Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I get winded going upstairs to get my iPad. Because I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm I'm Jay and like I would I would make fun of that, but it's all But too you real. also get winded. <laughs> uh I'm Josh. I got up at four thirty this morning, went to the gym and did over two hundred jumping jacks. So I don't get as winded now, which is kind of weird for me. <laughs> I, I, I do kind I of just have blew my co-host's mind. <laughs> I do kind of have to ask Josh, uh, how has uh, the gym experience been during this uh, whole pandemic stuff? Well, so I mean, it shut down. The gym that my wife and I go to, it shut down for three months. Yeah. And so, and then like for about a month, they basically did it and they had everybody working out in masks, which, spoiler alert, ups the difficulty a little bit. (laughs) Um, And I mean, they were combining masks with social distancing. So like, you know, you had a treadmill between you and another person kind of thing. And now they're just doing masks as you walk between stations. I mean, honestly, I'm pretty sure that I basically am walking into a COVID-19 hotbox every morning. Um, well, the good the, news is they're, the, kind of, they're doing the best they can. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good news is that, uh, you know, everything's under control in southeast Idaho. <laughs> should be should be fine going to the gym. Um Please don't look at our per 100,000 numbers. They're not important, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm a, like, I'm a weird gym rat at this point. It's kind of a different place to be in my life. <laughs> what's, what's going on with you, Josh? I don't understand. But congratulations, look, I guess. This, is, this isn't behind the paywall, but I'm still going to say it. I just like to look at my wife in yoga pants, so it makes it totally worth going. <laughs> I, I realize that there are, there are two types of people in the pandemic. There are, um, I can't remember the character's name, Rob Lowe's character from, from Parks and Rec. You know, he, yes. They have yes. literally lost 20 pounds during the pandemic. And then there is um, the guy from, from Dodgeball, that's me, basically, that has gained like 40 pounds during the pandemic. Yeah, I got news for you. I was both those characters. I literally got <laughs> to be the heaviest I've ever been in my life at 295. I am now lighter than I have been in like three years because I'm down to 275. Not nice. because of the gym. I give no credit to the gym, for the record. I'm not endorsing a gym lifestyle. <laughs> for me, it's been dying. I'm glad yeah. you're yeah. crazy that I already. both those characters. <laughs> I know scientists endorse gyms, but I do not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So... Do you, do you guys want to hear the continued like saga of me trying to get this Holy Grail product? That uh... wait, is this still the Games Workshop saga? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, you are kidding me for real? <laughs> oh no, I I am not kidding you, Joshua Wheeler. So I had uh, when we last left our intrepid adventurer. His sales rep had told him to place an order on their website and that he would credit the difference. And so I placed the order 
And it got to this week, and I emailed my sales rep and was like, hey, haven't got a shipping notice. Can you check to see if there's, you know, anything you can do to get this pushed out the door? He gets back to me, and there were two items on the order uh, that obviously at quantities greater than one. So it wasn't two items, it was like 50 items. Um, and one of those two items, he gets back to me and he's like, so they have one of the two items in stock, the one that you've already received. I was just ordering basically a restock of it to get more of it. They'd run out in their retail inventory. And the one that you've never received, they've ran out of stock and the order's just been on hold because that's out of stock. And there's no ETA on when we might get more of that item. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so would, would you like those other ones to ship? Do you want to cancel those, etc.? And so I had him ship the ones that are in stock, the ones that um, I never received are like, who knows when, if ever, I will get any of them. And then the little cherry on top <laughs> of everything <laughs> is that they they had a new new set of new releases and i put in my order last wednesday and they were due to release on saturday and by monday they still hadn't shipped <laughs> and so i emailed them it's like hey is this ever going to ship they they ship it on tuesday um like the tracking says waiting for waiting for shipment or waiting to be picked up something like that um, but finally Thursday, uh, like four or five days after release date, I'll get them except for the two items that were zeroed out on that order that one of them, they're just sold out everywhere. <laughs> the second one, my sales rep said we're out of stock, uh, in trade, but you can place an order on the website and I will credit you the difference, which I did. And when I forwarded him the, the invoice for payment, I said, I assume that this will languish for a week and then I'll be told that you're out of stock. Is this correct? And he said, that's possible. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it ships out. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> but the, the one way of sunlight out of all of this is that I think that there's been like enough of a debacle of this going on that like, my new releases might get moved to a reasonable ship time. So, so you know that you're not suffering alone. Like that's the silver lining here. No, the silver. Well, the silver lining is that it. Hopefully, this should be fixed going forward. Nice. So, the thing that's crazy about it is that, like, they're obviously like their warehouse is struggling with their COVID limitations. Which, like, I get that right. That's the the new reality for right now um but like they're not it feels like the the bean counters or the ceos or you know whatever i don't know strategic planners they're not adjusting to that new reality and like there's the last two weeks there's been like 10 new items that's releasing uh this week coming up there's there's another wave of big releases including a new war cry starter box and so like there's just a bunch of items that a lot of people are really excited for and like of course their warehouse can't keep up with that <laughs> so i don't know so is i mean is i'm assuming you can't be the only one experiencing these sort of problems no no i mean i'm on the one of the ones that that went out of stock um on the most recent order is the Hexmark destroyers from the Necrons. And, um, I called my normal distributor. They there's, there's like two distributors who get some games workshop stuff and, and they don't get very much because they have to resell it at a crappy discount. And so people don't want to order it through them. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm out of stock on this and, or I couldn't get it. Do you guys have any extra? And he's like, no, like, everyone's been screwed over on this and everyone's been trying to get it. And we don't get much because 
Who yeah, knows? Because they, they don't normally get uh, order much, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, it is a it is a systemic problem. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm just glad I'm not the one who's running everything. You know what I mean with with a games <laughs> company. Like I, I'm just I you know whatever. I mean the the reality is that um, you know I in a lot of ways they do deserve a lot of credit because like they're they're a multi billion dollar company that's doing logistics and these logistics are difficult and this environment is difficult. Um, and so like, I don't want to, I guess, take away from the difficulty of the task that they are achieving, but sometimes it's still frustrating. <laughs> uh, but on that note, if you, uh, if you want the new Warcraft starter set, then <laughs> check out discount games, Inc on Saturday. They'll probably, uh, be a high demand for them. There's some new Necromanda stuff as well, etc. Um, another thing for, for Discount Games Inc. that will be uh, of interest to maybe... I mean, you guys won't be interested in this to play, but you might be inter- we might be interested in this as a topic of discussion, I guess. So this week is the retail release or retail launch of Warcaster Neo Mechanica. Um, and so check out discountgamesinc.com for that. Um, but I guess one of, I obviously, I don't think you guys have been super tapped into this game, but do you have any thoughts on the, the retail launch of it? Um, no, not necessarily thoughts on it, but I do think that it's going to be an interesting topic and I do hope we get a chance to, you know, uh, test it out, I guess. I don't know if anybody's available to show us the ropes um, I'm sure there's somebody listening that is, but um, I would like to, you know, I, I plan on probably buying the or downloading the Rain Rulebook. I mean, um, and reading through it and then looking through the releases. I don't plan on spending any money on it right now, especially in the current environment. Right. But, um, I am interested in knowing a little bit more. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's interesting with it is that obviously when Privateer Press. Um, started this project um the pandemic was not a thing at all (laughs) and you know doing a doing a product launch um during a product launch like this i guess um during a pandemic seems pretty difficult um (laughs) (laughs) that feels like the understatement of the podcast but yes yeah go on yeah so I don't know. Like I, I feel bad. I, I obviously I want Privateer Press to be successful, um, but you know I just feel bad for I guess all these companies that are having to deal with the repercussions of everything. What would this, I guess an additional question with it? Let's say that uh, this was we were living on Earth One instead of Hell World. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you know Earth One's not Hell World? <laughs> <laughs> What if this is your one? Oh no! Um, there was a normal product lunch going on. What would you What would you guys say your excitement level or interest level in this would be, and what would be like the things that would interest or not interest you about this game? Um, uh, I, go ahead, Trevor. I think that my interest level would probably be fairly low, um, mostly because miniatures games. It's hard to gosh, it's hard to view it in a different lens right now. Um, I will say that I'm a little burned out on miniatures games right now. So, and that's not that's not the fault of um, you don't any, think that's anything because of the of COVID world or no or hell world as Dave calls it. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. No, I I think it's just you know it is what it is. Um, it is nine years of straight war machine is what it is. Okay. Okay. Um, sure. So I think that I would probably bar that, you know, throw that out for just a second. Let's say, what is my interest level? It's a miniatures game that is sci-fi setting um, that was made by Privateer Press. So that's going to set the bar at a reasonable height to begin with. The problem is, is that I don't particularly care for most of the factions I've seen thus far. I think there's a faction I haven't paid that much attention to that's newer. Isn't there an alien faction? It's a little bit newer. There is basically an alien faction. Yeah, they've... Basically, the Kickstarter just went live for that one. 
I'll have to take a look at it because I think that with a little bit of different style and a different faction, um, you know, I, what I need is a little evil in my life. Um, there is one so much. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One of, one of my complaints with it is it launched with, with three human races, which is fine, I guess. But, um, the, the third one, the Eternus continuum, they look pretty unique, distinct. Um, but like, the first two, the Marcher Worlds and the Iron Star Alliance, like they just feel a little bit too generic sci-fi to me, a little too Infinity. Uh, like I, I don't know, I don't know what to say about that. But I would, I, I think I would be a lot more excited about the game if the Iron Star Alliance and Marcher Worlds were either one of them was dropped or they were rolled into one or something, and if the game had launched with that faction, the Eternus Continuum, and the Alien Race. Um, so I'm, I'm probably in agreement for the most part. Um, I, I need, I need the evil alien race. I need the necromancers. I need the, the chaos. Um, that's the faction that is going to draw me in the most. And I just didn't feel like the initial launch provided me with that. Um, it is kind of nice. It is kind of nice that, um, I'm assuming that a lot of what you've seen is, is kind of the, the iron star Alliance and the marcher worlds, which was, Initially, what was going to be the um, the product launch was was those two factions, and and they are very kind of like generic good guyish looking. Um, the third faction, which because it's been delayed, is I, I'm pretty sure it's it's launching at the same time. Okay. And, and they're available. They they look different, in my opinion. They 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 do have a little bit. Uh, and a, a better aesthetic that you'd probably be interested in. Um, so, well, I, I mean, certainly before we talk about it on air, we're gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna have to investigate a lot more. But um, that sort of thing is probably far more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, the 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 sad thing is that, um, like, I, I it kind of feels like this this conversation we're having right now um, is is probably indicative of of a lot of situations for a lot of people. Right. Where right. they've it's kind of been on their radar, but haven't paid super close attention to it because, you know, when am I when am I going to play it, etc. Um, but I guess it is it is good to put a update out there that it is launching and there there is a little bit more available at launch than, than you're probably expecting because of the a delay in in the launch. So. And and also you know check out the the Kickstarter for um, the the alien races the other the other thing that is going to be in the Kickstarter uh, that will probably interest uh, some people is that all of the um, all the factions are getting a new uh, model type basically which are vehicles and and some of the vehicle sculpts are pretty cool um, and so you can check those out as well. Um, and uh, check out the the new token set from Muse on Minis and all of our awesome gaming accessories. Uh, so Josh, why should why should people uh, subscribe to our Patreon? Mostly, you should subscribe so that you can participate in our Discord chat, where you will see Trevor and I make questionable life choices <laughs> a lot and like report on them. <laughs> feel better about yourself because you're not an idiot. <laughs> I'm glad we can do, uh, do some sort of service for those. <laughs> but really, you know, remember there are two tiers to subscribe to our Patreon app. The 40 to 9 tier will, of course, get you uh, early access to our bonus episodes, which are always scintillating, especially when Josh learns about directors of movies and important <laughs> things like that. <laughs> And the 899 Brigade, where you will get the the bonus episodes and all that other great content. You'll participate with us in the Discord chat. You'll help influence Trevor and I's terrible life choices and also the podcast. And um, you will also be in the running for prizes on a monthly basis. Yes, which are actually going out now. So, huzzah. (laughs) Much huzzah today, yes. Okay, so... Uh, did did either of you have anything before we get into the main topic? I think we've been around the bush long enough. I, 
I will report that my initial experiences with my Oculus Quest 2 uh, reference to poor life decisions. I'm kind of stunned so far. Oh, what what has stunned you about it? Um, the ease of setup. Okay. <laughs> the mobility. The fact that I'm podcasting to you right now from inside of what appears to be maybe a cool dome inside the Grand Canyon. I don't know. I'm on right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you that even an old man was able to set this thing up. So kudos to whatever team put that part of it together. I will say, so uh, one thing related to that and then another thing uh, tangential, I guess. Um, so... One of the people I follow on Twitter is John Scalzi. Um, he mentioned that he was doing like a, he got invited to like this special event from HBO for um, Lovecraft Country, where the event uh, takes place with um, virtual reality. And so I think that the, some of the stuff like that sounds pretty, pretty cool to me. I'm assuming that, um, the the HBO thing is is probably like initially with like media influencers and then will be available to to more people as it goes on. But um, I think some of that stuff is is going to be cool to see how that develops. Do you think that that event only took place in that way because of the hell world in which we dwell? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I know that. Yeah, I know that. There's been more and more uh, events or things like that. That, that people have been working on or doing. Um, then the other thing is uh, related to Lovecraft Country. Um, and it finished last Sunday. I'm, I think I'm on like episode eight right now. And so I, I have a couple episodes to try to catch up on while Brian is sleeping or busy or whatever. <laughs> he Actually, I, I guess I could start over and, and watch it with, with Brian at this point. Brian refuses to do weekly TV releases uh, with actually here, the, here. like yes. he likes to wait until the whole the whole thing's available and then binge. Is that what you're saying? Yes, correct. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm assuming I basically that... become ambivalent because I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna watch it weekly anyway. Just I can't manage that kind of schedule. I'm assuming Mandalorian season two is gonna do the same thing, and I'm gonna hate every minute of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm I'm assuming that Mandalorian, I'll probably watch it on my own and then rewatch it with Brian when it's all out. <laughs> I I don't understand what drives the decision behind that. I don't know why they do it, but anyways, whatever. the the whole reason I brought it up is that I can report that after you know eighty percent of watching it or whatever, it is quite fantastic. Um, however, Josh, I don't know that I can in good conscience. <laughs> uh, recommend it to you, <laughs> dude. Sorry, this is Lovecraft Country we're talking about. Yes, uh huh. Yeah, my brother said this. He was like, "It is so good. I don't know that I can recommend it to you." So I'm like, I don't know how to feel about that. It, yeah. It'll take me. It'll take me forever to get around to it anyway. So I wouldn't worry about it one way or the other. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, I I just have to know. Does it feel like a a like I'm watching a group of people play? Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> there, are, there are definitely points where it feels like that, yes. <laughs> Does it feel like someone is actively trying to get the party killed and or so chaos? There, like there, yeah, I mean, there are some points that you're like, why are you doing this? That's so stupid. <laughs> or <laughs> Clearly Josh is this character. Uh, Don't split quickly, the party. <laughs> real quickly, before we start on our main topic, I do want to go back and say that I have now in my Oculus browser, looked at the Warcaster Kickstarter, and the Alien Faction is more exciting to me than it initially was. But that could just be the effect of watching it from VR. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so... I, I made a book recommend to um, my my two co-hosts, um, which is The Speed of Dark. It's by Elizabeth Moon, 
Um, she's an author that can be a little bit hit or miss for me. Um, she she wrote a trilogy called The Deed of Paxonarian that I, I like a lot, although in some ways I can't really explain why. Um, and <laughs> Well, you liked it a long time ago, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah, like yeah. an old, an ancient-like, yeah. as it were. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of the other stuff that I've read of hers, um, I've, I've bounced off of fairly hard. Um, but this book is a near sci-fi novel where really I would say that the, the plot of the book is very minimal. It is the main character of the book is someone who has autism and, Really, the book is her writing from the point of view of the main character and experience, and you kind of experience the world as he experiences it. And at the end of the book, it it says that um, in the afterward or whatever, um, it says she's she writes about how uh, one of her sons has autism. Um, and I guess part of the reason why I like the book is because. Um, it feels like there's not very many times where I, I read a book where it it kind of like um, allows me to experience the world that much through through the eyes of someone else and and I guess I don't know if if she's actually able to um, convey that fully or if you know how much of this is her conjecture or whatever um, but that's that's one of the the things I really enjoy about this book uh, so Trevor I know that you did not enjoy the experience as much as I did. Uh, what were what were some of your thoughts on this book? So one of the things I need to say first is that I feel like that for people who are not around autistic people very frequently, that this might set a strange level of expectation or feeling about how they view the world. And I just, I mean, I, it needs to be understood that this is a sci-fi book where in the future that they live in, um, there's been... Um, advancements that we do not have. And I think that that's important because the the, the main character is far more advanced um, in his um, social skills, his verbal skills, his um, everything than the, the vast majority of autistic people that I have worked with or been around. Now, truthfully, I have not been around lots of them. I mean, um, but I do have an autistic son. So it is, I feel like you should not approach this as a, um, as an academic ex- exploration of, of auti- mm. autism. Okay. Well, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong on, on this Trevor, but, um, frequently the, it's, uh, this is referred to as, um, people are on the autistic spectrum. They are. And so, you know, obviously that, the that denotes that there's a wide range of of symptoms or or how people experience this sure i i would still say that the main character is lighter on the spectrum than the vast majority like he is not the norm okay still feel like he is well above the norm okay um and i so i guess sometimes the book does not make that very clear that that what he can do and accomplish throughout a day and the way that he views the world um, is above and beyond the average. So my, my son is, is on the spectrum, but he's, he's functions quite well. He, um, he did laugh as a child. Um, He learned one of the, the first cue that we had that there was an issue was that he would learn words um, and then he would stop using them. He never had at the age of about a year and a half to two years old. He never had more than about 10 words. And, and anytime he learned a new word, there would be a word would be pushed out. So that was a, a cue to us that there was something going on, something that um, something bigger. And, and so that at that point, we started testing. But um, like, for example, he learned the word milk at a very young age. Most kids do. They want milk. Um, he used it for probably a month and a half, two months, and then one day he just completely stopped using it altogether. Um, and, and that was um, a shock to us. We couldn't figure out why he would refuse. It felt like he was refusing. 
um, to use the word. It just it wasn't part of his vocabulary. Um, anyway, so I guess I, I kind of, to, to follow up a little bit on what Jay said, I don't know how easily she can put herself into the mind of an autistic. Um, she clearly does not have autism herself. Um, she's dealt with one for longer than I have. Her son is much older than mine. Um, and so certainly there are some things in there that rang true. And um, it was a painful read for me because it felt uh, there was many times where I felt like I was reading my son's homework, which I do uh, not for fun. Um, so that was difficult for me to to. I mean, it was very personal. I had to to oh, I felt almost like I was grading a paper that my son had wrote. And I just like the frustration that I felt at trying to help him fix his paper so that um, it was understandable. I just, it was on every page. I, I will say that the, one of the other things, issues I had with the book um, was the, and this is an aspect of autism. It was the matter of factness at which it approached the topic. Um, there is many times where the book feels like I am reading a, someone's journal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is painful. And, and so I actually have a page marked that I, I want to share with those list reading. Cause if you can make it through this and you're like, okay, well that's all right. Then I think that maybe the book is okay for you. Um, this, and, and maybe I'm cherry picking here and I apologize if I am. Um, but this is three paragraphs out of the book, page 71 on Sunday, I go to church. The organist plays Mozart before the service starts. The music sounds right with the formality of the worship. It all matches like shirt and tie and jacket should match. Not alike, but fitting together harmoniously. The choir sings a pleasant anthem by Rudder. I do not like Rudder as much as Mozart, but it doesn't make my head hurt. Monday is cooler, with a damp chill, breeze out of the northeast. It is not cold enough to wear a jacket or sweater, but it is more comfortable. I know that the worst of the summer is over. Uh, I actually, that last sentence, I don't think an autistic would write that one, but it doesn't matter. My son would never write. Um, on Tuesday, it is warm again. Tuesdays, I do my grocery shopping. The stores are less crowded on Tuesday, even when Tuesday falls on the first of the month. Those are all things that sound exactly like my son's words. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, it, it, like there are times where I'm just like, oh gosh, give me some alliteration. Give me some, I mean, I realize that, that she's trying to portray what is going on in the mind of an aut autistic person. And these are the things that do go through my son's mind. Uh, there's so many times where we will explain something um, and it just will not register for him. The literal meanings are the meanings, the, um, the other meanings, the, the secondary definitions in the, in the dictionary don't even come to mind. And, and I can give you an example. Just the other day, uh, my son, we said, something about there was a there was a girl on tv who was um, about the age of my boys and we like to tease them a little bit because they're young boys and i said uh, do you think that girl is hot and um if i would have said do you think that girl is cute he would have understood and he would have said dad and they would have gotten all blushy and um but when i said do you think that girl is hot he said she doesn't look very hot to me she looks like she's normal temperature. Deadpan <laughs> serious, never caught the meaning. And I'm certain that's not the first time he's heard that, but it, to him, it just doesn't, it never registers. So there's there's certainly some some situations like that in the book as well. I, I think that it, that as, a, um, as an exercise of trying to look into the mind of someone else, she does a pretty good job. I'll put it that way. So I guess real quick, the, um, I've, I've, I've also never read Flowers, for Algernon, uh, I, I'm, I'm, have, have either of you read that? No, that I don't seems know. shocking to me. I thought that was like required, even in Idaho public education. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, I may have read it, but I don't. What, what's the basic premise of this story? I don't remember it. Uh, a, a guy who, I mean, I, I don't know that the story calls him autistic, but he's, you know, uh, mentally challenged. They give him a drug. And it basically, in the course of the story, makes him a like super genius. So he goes through this whole super genius, and then they find out that it's flawed. And the flaw is that he basically loses all the intelligence. And I think then he dies. Spoiler alert, 
for really old <laughs> story. Okay, well, I guess I won't be reading that book. <laughs> and I mean, like, it, you know, it's it's pretty well written and like it's pretty emotional. That's what I remember about it, you know, at the time that I read it. Uh, I have not read it. I've never. Okay. Read it. Yeah. So. Never, well, I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never never had any experience. Yeah, really, the the main experience I've had with it is that I've I've heard people refer to this book as having some similarities with flowers to Algernon. Um, yeah. Some of the unkind reviews that I read online basically called it flowers for Algernon with the end chopped off, which I was like, eh, it feels a little reductive, but okay. <laughs> and, and so uh, kind of the main uh, conflict in, in the book is that the protagonist works for a big corporate conglomerate and they have a division of autistic people working for them they get some tax write-offs for employing them but the division also does some work that they are kind of uniquely suited for and one of the middle management guys kind of gets like this bright idea of we're going to have all these these workers take extra resources they're expensive and we're also developing a potential cure and so we're going to pressure them into taking this um, treatment and the the protagonist is is kind of uh, trying to navigate whether or not he wants to take the treatment uh, etc and so it's that's that's kind of the main conflict of the story but really the the main um part of this story is kind of like what trevor read where um it's it's basically him having kind of a first person narrative experiencing going about his day deciding what he's going to do with this conflict, you know, et cetera. There's a lot of self-reflection about what makes him, what it means to be different. Right. Um, it, it's certainly that part of it. I think, um, I think that's one of the big issues I have with it is that it's sort of, and I think that it's important to the story. Don't get me wrong. I think that it, the book would not be a book without it. Um, but I do think that it's not common for at least, especially younger autistics to, to even consider that they're different. Mm. I don't think I don't think my son really considers himself any different than anyone else, and I, I don't really want him to. Um, but th- that whole self-reflection thing is just that is not a that is not a thing that most autistics do. They don't they don't reflect upon what makes them different and whether or not it's important and whether or not it's part of their self-image. Um, and I think that it is important for the book, but I don't think that's something that's common. Uh, so Josh. Uh, you've, you've obviously also read this book. Um, what, what have been kind of some of your thoughts on it? Well, I found the, uh, protagonist to be pretty delightful. Um, I, I thought that, you know, like the writing style that Trevor shared with us there, I, I kind of thought it was interesting. And I think because what it did for me is it just, it did make me feel like I was in a, you know, somebody else's head, like, Right. I would I would sort of never experience the world in the way that it was being written. Right. Um, and then I found some of the plot elements, specifically the, the the what I would call kind of the main conflicts. Right. Or even the, the villains of the plot. I found them to be sort of uh, interesting for the most part. I mean, I was I was pretty engaged in the story. And then I for me that I became most conflicted about the book with the ending i won't necessarily spoil it but i but i did tell jay i was like when i got done with it i texted him and i'm like i'm really glad i read this book but i am deeply conflicted um about it here at the end and do you Um, want to is there anything you want to go in with that or well i mean i will just say that i'm conflicted because i think that the choice there's a major choice that the protagonist has to make and i think that kind of choice was sort of inevitable the way that the story was set up right and and told and i I think i was conflicted because i was in the end kind of shocked by the choice that he made i it it wasn't what i it wasn't a choice i would have expected the character to make based on sort of my journey with the character right so that's kind of like i got done reading it and that's like i made that giant sigh and i was like i don't really know how to feel about how this yeah yeah came to a conclusion it's also fairly abrupt. Um, yeah. The ending is like, you feel like 
it feels like there needs to be, you know, two, three more chapters somewhere in the ending there. And all of a sudden it just feels like, boom, it's over and, and sorry, story's done. Um, yeah, you might be right, Trevor. Maybe that's my challenge with it. I, you know, um, again, I'm really glad I read it. I, I would happily recommend it to someone. I think it's a, a worthwhile experience to have, but I'm like, I mean, you tell me how you felt about name Jay. Like, we never really talked about it. I just told you that I was conflicted and we'd talk about it when we recorded. Um, I think one of the reasons why it succeeds for me is that it kind of, it kind of highlights a moral question or moral problem. And I don't know that uh, the, it kind of feels like whatever choice was made at the end would could be viewed as controversial or as the wrong uh, decision by some people. Okay. And so um, I think that it's interesting that it kind of highlights that. Yeah, I will say that as um, an autistic parent, um, one of the things that I thought about most frequently while reading the book is if I had the opportunity to quote-unquote fix uh, my son, would I take it? Um, and that is a topic that it discusses between um, both the main character as a personal thought process and also um, his manager. He, he has a manager in the story whose brother um, is autistic and um, was born before the uh, sci-fi elements of the story that talk about the um, some of the solutions that they have or some of the um, things that they have to improve their lives. He was born before that was an option and and is much older and is nonverbal, which is a big difference between um, the main character and my son and, and many um, people on the spectrum. Um, I mean, certainly there are plenty who are nonverbal, but his his brother is nonverbal. So the, the question becomes, you know, do I um, do I would I want to change my brother so that he could have a better life? And for that manager. The, the answer is yes, because my brother has he has far more difficult problems than my son and the main character have. You know, my, mm -hmm. my son functions, but he struggles with a lot of things. I mean, I will tell you right now in our lives, um, one of the biggest issues we have is that my son is now in middle school and it is one of the last stops of the bus. And so he does not get home until um, 430 uh, so about an hour and a half after school gets out, which is oh, the man. polar opposite of what he did in elementary school it, last year. Um, he got home at about 2.30. So we have lost two hours of homework time and studying. And truthfully, most of the teachers don't help us with uh, making it easier on him. So when he gets home, we spend from 4.30, um, and it's middle school. So, the, the, the I mean, he's in now in seventh grade. The, the difficulty of his tasks and homework has tripled. And so we spend every night from 4.30 until um, approximately 8 p.m. when he goes to bed during homework. He doesn't get to play anymore at night. His brother and his sister, they come home, do their homework, and they, they're you know normal kids. They finish their homework in an hour or two, and then they're off watching movies, playing games. And, and my wife and I, I think it's destroying my wife watching her do that over and over again. So, I mean, this moral question about, you know, is he still the same person if he no longer has autism? And um, if you could change it, would you? Uh, that was forefront in my mind throughout the entire time. Well, um, we are, we're, we're getting approaching time on, on the podcast, um, I guess. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested in, okay, sure. We could do a speed grade, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. if there are any closing thoughts, but we can we can speak great instead. So, uh, design? Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. I actually think that this is a big part of it. I think it's well done. I do think that it's still it's still nonfiction, or uh, fiction, excuse me. Um, it, there's some things that just don't feel, they don't feel right to me for an autistic writer. Um, also, it just feels like he can do things and is at a higher level than most um, most autistics. So, I mean, it, he's a little bit of a Mary Sue for autism, I guess. Interesting. I know that that's not really appropriate, but you, you know what I'm saying. He is a no, little bit with the average person. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and give a nine as well. Um, and part of it is for me is that 
it is a unique book, a unique experience. Uh, and, and I kind of touched on that before, but that's one of the reasons why um, I like the book is because it's, it, there's, you, there's, there's not much else that's, that's like this out there. Yeah. I mean, I will go along to get along on this one. I, I think it's a nine because it's, it's well-written. It's, um, it's, I, I don't think you find a protagonist like this in very many places. Yeah. And, uh, so worth reading, you know, that's why, that's part of why I, I give it the nine too. Uh, time management. I'll probably go with a seven, maybe a six. Um, I, I think that it's, it's, it's just about the right length for the, for what it is. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it spends me, way me, too much. feel like it's too long, Trevor? Uh, no, I think that it's inappropriately length at for, I, I think it's inappropriately paced. Sure. It, it feels like the length is correct, but that the, um, uh, the, the way that it introduces the story, the amount of time that it takes to get to the middle part, um, the crisis and the denouement just are not, they just felt all off to me. I mean, it does. Uh, I'll, I'll certainly agree that it doesn't necessarily follow the normal uh, structures or beats that you would expect from the normal novels that I read. Josh. Um, I think I just give it a five because I did feel, I, I kind of agree with Trevor's pacing comment. I think I, I just, I, I, there, as much as I enjoyed the book, there were moments where I was like, kind of like, let's, let's move on here. Like, what's going on a little bit, right? Okay. Uh, but, but not that, you know, so I go to five, I think, on management. I read it quick. I read the whole book quickly. So, right. Yeah. It, it was uh, a struggle for me to get through. Repeatability. <laughs> is it going to be like a one or two from you guys? Uh, is there a grade lower than one? I will never read this book again. <laughs> uh, repeatability is a cruel score for me to give with a book. I will sure. likely never read it again if I'd have to be compelled. So, I mean, I'll give it a, like, um, I listened to it on audiobook this time, uh, which is generally not a format that I like for books very much. Um, it did work fairly well in this one. I thought it was probably my third or fourth time reading it. Um, so I'll probably give it like a seven. Uh, next is fun. Um, even <laughs> I would, would not say like, man, this sure is a fun read. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's fun to be like, glad that you read it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh. you're right. I, I, like, I give it a four. I mean, I, like yeah. some of the plot points were kind of fun. You know, there's some comeuppance in some places. Like, is that schadenfreude when I like that characters get a comeuppance? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> his his boss's boss, the one that Jay referenced that's trying to do the testing. Um, I, I There were multiple points, if I were not reading this for, um, for the podcast, that uh, upon reading something he said, I would have put the book down and never picked it up again. Because it was like too mustache twirly or like, yes. What, why? Yeah. So it was like too yes. ridiculous. Basically. Um, it was too ridiculous. It was too much. It was, I literally wanted to reach through the page and punch the guy in the face. Like had I been in the situation, I probably would have lost my cool, punched him in the face and walked out. And it was just, it was really hard to, to read because of it. Uh, so overall, um, I'm probably going to go with an eight. Uh, I did not enjoy this book. Like I said, it felt more like I was, <laughs> I was doing homework with my son, which I, I desperately love him and do it because I love him. But I, it is not something that is even on the fun scale. Um, I just, yeah, I did not enjoy this book. I would not recommend it to anybody. If they wanted to know more about autism, there are plenty of books out there to assist. This is not where I would point them. Um, I would probably give it a seven, Jay. Again, I think the greatest description of the book for me is, I am glad I read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, audience? Oh, interesting. Probably not parents of autistics. Trevor, question mark? Uh, uh, no, I think that some of them may enjoy the questions that it asks. I didn't, but that doesn't mean that I'm the norm. Fair I'm enough. probably not the norm, honestly. Um, certainly, I think um, maybe parents who are 
not in the thick of it currently. Maybe parents who have autistic kids who are, you know, at an older stage in their life. Maybe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that. Um, I wish, I wish the sci-fi elements of it were a little heavier. Yeah, it's very light. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like it. It, it feels like almost like an alternate history. Like go back ten years. Uh, change some of the um, studies they've had on autism and then fast forward back to today. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit more advanced than we are in some situations, but the rest is all the same. And, you know, it just doesn't feel like you could ever actually get to this location because um, if you were to go ahead, you'd get a different world than what we've got here. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I will say for audience, I don't think there's any, thing particularly questionable as far as you know violence or sex or whatever oh, oh yeah i agree with that yeah i don't i think anybody i think you would probably need to be a little bit older reader just to digest it a little bit so yeah if, if you, you know, get too young years old if you get too young you're gonna be like just bouncing off this thinking it's the worst thing ever <laughs> um and so finally go or no go uh it sounds like we're two to one on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I yeah. will be glad to put this behind. It'll me. go for me. <laughs> I will say that it, it it did it did evoke some feelings that um maybe I wasn't comfortable with, and maybe that's the you know I don't necessarily like the idea of thinking that I'm maybe questioning my own personal morality of whether or not it's okay to want to help my son uh, you know become better or if he's, something's even wrong with him in the first place. So right. I don't know. It was not yeah. an easy subject for me. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Um, if any of you have read this, we'd be interested in your opinions on social media or on our discord, or if you uh, become interested and then read it, we definitely want to hear that as well. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>